All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Can you see it? Did you know But the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms To the line, Hughes, scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. That's right. That is right, folks. We let the intro run because somebody tweeted at you, Mr. Faber, in all caps, that the intro can't be shorter. But folks, that was the last time we think. We've been saying that for a while. Last time we think that you'll be hearing that Yeah, because intro. you've been working on it for weeks. You haven't done anything. Okay. I'm going to work on it this weekend Everybody, and I'll get it done. go look at the article counts on Canucks Army. Go check out who's been doing all the work lately. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. You guys will hear from Sat, who's been doing a lot of work over the past couple of years. This is the, the, we have never introed the show by me not just going off and, and saying, you know, you're listening to Canucks Conversation. But a lot Do of changes. Think. A lot of changes going on, folks, because like we've already been talking about, we are going to be going to five days a week. We're going to be having live broadcasts with cameras. So with all of this in mind, kind of changing the format a little bit, we're changing up the intro. And who knows? We might even change it in September when we do go to five shows a week. But all right, hit your a lot little, of changes. Hit the button in your brain that t- does the, the intro here. in my brain. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word. That will get you $5 off your order. That is promo code Hockey Season right now at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. Go check them out. Retail location in Surrey. Right now at Zephyr Epic, they are freshly stocked with the Upper Deck 21-22 Series 2 
packs. You know, you get the hobby box. You get Ooh, whatever you it's want. It's the big one, quads. It's the big one because it has the Vasily Pod Colson rookie card. Will Lockwood, Young Guns card in there as well. You probably have a better chance of pulling a Will Lockwood than you do a Vasily Pod Colson. But be sure to go buy yourself an Upper Deck Series 2 pack. Let me tell you some Zephyr other Epic. names. In this pack, quads. Lucas Raymond, Mason McTavish, Alex Newhook, Moritz Sider, William Eklund, Quinton Byfield, Anton Lundin. There are Michael Lundell, Bun- I mean. Little uh, Michael Bunting in there? I don't th- No, there's no young guns for Michael, but there's an old guns for Michael Bunting. Yeah, the senior guns. Yeah, no, the good, really good crop of young guns in that Series 2 pack. And I've, from what I've seen, they got a lot of these Series 2 boxes. So head over to Zephyr Epic right now. Yeah, or, retail location in Surrey. Yeah, what do you do? You go to the website and you uh, order it. Set me up for my city here. I got a good one. Of course, yes. So you, if you order online at Zephyr Epic, any order over $50 comes with free shipping Canada-wide from? From Courtney, which is on the island. Not the greatest city. Um, oh, come from, on. Well, I'm from Nanaimo, so we have a... Oh, that's right. You talk down on Courtney, Comox, okay. Campbell River. Uh, so from Courtney... Which I could have done all three of these actually. Now I think about Courtney. Let's just restart this from Courtney, Comox, or Campbell River Ooh. to Climax, Saskatchewan. Get out of here. From Courtney to Climax, um, Saskatchewan, population 195. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about uh, just insider baseball here, folks. We've been talking about getting merch because people are asking for merch. We're going to get it on the Nation Gear website eventually, but. We're probably not going to use the word Canucks conversation on the shirts. We want a different shirt design rather than just the show logo. So we were thinking about our heads, that side of the logo or whatever, and then putting from blank to blank. And we were thinking we would make pick two cities uh, or maybe we would make it so that you could pick your own cities and make it like that. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about a few different variations, but the two one, <laughs> and and we just said Climax Saskatchewan for the first time, but... What was the one in Newfoundland, the Jimmy Kimmel's the mayor of? Help me out here. Dildo. Dil- yeah, so <laughs> from Dildo, Newfoundland, or was it New Brunswick? I can't remember. From Dildo to Climax. Okay, no, you're not. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let me tell you about Climax quads. <laughs> between uh, between front- Frontier and Canuck is where you find it. Um, on the highway, it's between Frontier and Canuck. A town called Canuck okay. in Saskatchewan. Also, near um, former Canuck prospect, Cole Lind, Seanovan, Saskatchewan. It's near there. Mm-hmm. Who else is the most famous person? Who's the most famous person for Seanovan? Braden Shen. Come on. No. Cole Lind's one. Haley Wickenheiser oh, from Seanovan. Right. Come right. on, quads. Okay, Here, sorry. This is what I liked in, the, uh, in my, research, uh, my research on Climax. Uh, the postal code. S zero N zero N O or zero. Or, no, I messed that up. S zero N zero N zero. So it looks like, so no, no. So you're no, no. He likes this. That's one. what I say when I'm like, what do you want to get for lunch? So no, no. Let's what see. are we having for lunch? So no, no. Let us in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's their postal code. And here's the best. This is where this whole city came together. This is the climax of this city to city mention. The tank commander, Willie Desjardins, is from Climax, Saskatchewan. No, he's not. Willie D is from Climax. No, he's not. Born in, I don't know, raised, but he was born there. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did I say that was the climax of it? Of course I did. Okay. All right. That, that was not, I don't know if that's going to go to air, this whole, that whole thing. Yeah, we might have to make some changes, but maybe not. Uh, We're going to be getting ready to go to the live show soon, so folks just, are going to hear this. Uh, okay. Also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D. It's all one word. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Doesn't that get or, much better no, than that, folks? That does get much better. You go on DoorDash right now, you get 50% off convenience stuff. Look, I know they want us to plug our promo code. Nation Network's probably not happy about this. But go on DoorDash right now, 50% off convenience. I got a bunch of stuff from the convenience store the other day. It's cheaper to get groceries on DoorDash than to go out and get it. Because gas... Even though it okay. went down, okay. gas. Don't get me started here on the gas situation. But yeah, you just go on DoorDash. They, if you're in Vancouver, they don't use gas for for DoorDash either. They're all on their uh, their scoots tricycles. and their their tricycles and their uh, and their bikes. That's the other thing too. There's there's more bikes out there with the little the little e bikes and the motors. There's more of those than there is natural bicycles out there. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you hop on one of those scooters for like 800 bucks or whatever they go for? Why wouldn't you do that? Well, like driving way. downtown, awful. Especially if you're a delivery driver? Come mm-hmm. on. 
Well, that's the thing. You can go up, uh, you can go backwards down one-way streets. I've seen these scooters. They're pulling everything out of the tricks. Yeah. That's all you see outside my building is DoorDash stickers on scooters and bikes and stuff. That's all you see. You come in there, you, you got to go through a maze of scooters just to get in the building. Well, you can, you can even, you know, you can hop up on the sidewalks, do tricks. Speaking of, you know who I saw outside the building yesterday? Mm-hmm. Uh, or not outside my building, but in the area there. Um, Canucks assistant coach, uh, Jason King walking his little teeny dog. He's got a little teeny dog. I saw him walking him down the street. That's adorable. Yeah. He's got any, a teeny little dog. Any sign of Andre Kuzmenko? Uh, no, but I did. Okay. Well, are we going to do the Kuzmenko stuff? Cause I got some stuff. I thought it was really yeah, funny. Let's, let's start with Kuzmenko because it, we're recording this on Friday. He is having his meeting with the Vancouver Canucks today, arrived from YEG to YVR, had his meeting with the Oilers. Uh, we, we wrote about it at the Canucks army. They went to just, Joey's. Just one day at Edmonton. Just one day in Edmonton. And he's spending two days, uh, in Vancouver. Done deal. By the way, Satyar Shah joining us on the show later as well. I think I mentioned it right off yep. the top, but Sat's going to join us. Uh, really good chat with Sat. We'll get to that in a little bit. What a good Saturday for you to listen to the Ooh. show. That's the name of the uh, title, by the way. We haven't decided that because we're recording right now, but by the way, that's the name of the title. Uh, let's go with Kuzmenko. I, I've gained a lot of positive vibes. I'll say that from the, uh, from the Kuzmenko visit to Vancouver after um, what's been going on now. I just think that... You know, I think I said on the show either last week or at some point that I felt the Canucks were like 35% to get Kuzmenko. I, I, I think that they're the, the visits, I don't know if they've made a huge difference because of the city-wise. Like, I don't think that's the thing that's changing them, but I just feel like the comfortable, like comfortable, what am I trying to say here? Comfortability? The comfort level, how about? Is comfortability a word? Yes. Comfort, no. Man, why do you do this to me? The comfort level. We'll keep it at that. Yeah, just say keep it in. Level. Don't edit it. We got to get ready for our live show <laughs> where I screw up words all the time. Uh, the comfort level for Kuzmenko to play in Vancouver, I think, is though he like might. And that's the other thing. It's not the Oilers can't just bring Kuzmenko in and guarantee like you are going to be on Connor McDavid's wing. That's going to happen for 82 games. They can't do that. Like they if they said that to Kuzmenko in their interview, they were flat out lying to him. That can't be a thing that they could promise to him. Unfortunately, you could say like, there's, you know, there's a chance for you to play. There's an opportunity there to earn a spot and play with Connor McDavid. They could absolutely say that, but it's not like they can promise and like have that in the contract where it's like, yep, yeah, well, you know what? This whole year here, you're going to be on Connor McDavid's wing. And that's the only thing that really, to me is, is in the Edmonton Oilers favor for landing. Kuzmenko is to play with McDavid, play with dry saddle, put up a lot of points, go get a contract somewhere else. Like everything else Aside from potentially who you might play with, the Canucks have the advantage. The city's better. There's a relationship with the general manager. There's obviously some fondness to the head coach who's done really well with Russian players in Bruce Boudreau. There's also a Russian player on the roster who you've played with in the past in Vasily Podgols and Quads. Tell me how many Russians are on the Edmonton Oilers. Zero. And I don't know this for sure. I'm going to have to confirm this. I don't know if Kuzmenko, like, what his English level is like, right? And I think that could really put him in a difficult spot, going to Edmonton and not having any sort of resource on the team that can help you. Like, yeah, they'll have a translator for him, or interpreter. They call him interpreters now. Yeah. So he'll, um, he'll have You realize Vasily Podkolzin will serve as the interpreter yes. for Kuzmenko if he comes here. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's but what's Edmonton, so funny they, is, would you imagine that if at the start of the year when we were having our conversations with Podkolzin at Abbotsford training camp, and he couldn't really say much. Yeah, but did you think Archer Silas was going to be in his, his interpreter this year That's as well? That's fair. Either? That's very you, fair. You probably did because you think the world of Silas. Silas can do anything. He, he can do his mind too. He can do anything. He got married at 18. Um, Quads his dream. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think like everything aside from playing with Connor McDavid, which is not even, like I said, it's not set in stone. Yeah. It's definitely a possibility. And it probably excites Kuzmenko to play with the best player in the world. Every hockey player would love to play on Connor McDavid's wing. I just don't think that. Like, listen, if Kuzmenko scored, like, 45 goals and had 50 assists in the 60 games in the KHL last year, then you could be like, okay, he's going to play on McDavid's weight. He was out. He was outstanding. The best player in the KHL by a mile. You know, he's going to be Kaprizov. But I don't know if he's going to be Kaprizov. I know Milstein, his agent, has told us that he's more advanced than Kaprizov when he came over to the NHL, and Kaprizov mm-hmm. had a great start. You put a rookie Kaprizov on the, on the wing of McDavid, you're going to have a great season. But... I don't know if Kuzmenko is that player coming into the NHL. No. He's not coming in and to me being a legitimate first line player. He might surprise. Which and is I, fine. Like, yeah. No, like that's a, that's 
one of the hardest things, if you literally look at like the sport of hockey, the hardest thing to do would probably be come in and be a first line winger or, you know, a first line player in the NHL. That's damn tough to do. And I don't think that the expectation for Kuzmenko should be that, but I, I do think he can fit into an NHL lineup somewhere. I've talked about it in the past. I just get the sense that, you know, you know, I've had conversations with, with the agent over the past few days here with him in Vancouver. He literally, I don't know where Dan Milstein just like sent me a selfie the other day. <laughs> Like out of nowhere, just you like, up. He was just like at the Blue Water Cafe. I think it, it wasn't a or just, it wasn't a selfie. It was a picture of like from his Instagram story. He screenshotted it and just <laughs> sent it to me, like out of nowhere. And I was like, we all knew you were going to Blue Water Cafe, <laughs> so I asked him how the sushi was, um, and he said it was good. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't know. Just the the vibe and some of the conversations that I've had in the past week, I feel better for the Canucks. And that's good news. I think Kuzmenko can help the Vancouver Canucks moving forward. I, I just, I feel better about the situation that I did a week ago. And I don't think it's because of the visits. Like, yes, we know Vancouver is nicer than Edmonton. It's obviously, you know, great to land here, get off the air. Like we, we landed in Edmonton. All we saw was Tim Horton cups in the highway. You land here, you get to, you know, decent little drive. You see the ocean, you see the mountains. I'm sure that means a little bit to the player, but I just think about like, because Manko needs to have a really good first year, okay? I do think that the mental side of the game is obviously a huge part of hockey, and I think mentally he's going to be a lot more just comfortable here in Vancouver than he would and, be in and not even not even cropping on Edmonton. It's more so he's got putt holes yeah. here. He knows putt holes, and that, sure. that's a big thing. Yeah, and I think, you know, Milstein kind of mentioned that when he was on our show, was like, that's not a huge deal. It's like, sure, but also having no Russian players on your roster means something. Just yeah, like, the like think that, about Pod Colson, right? Yeah. Like what he was saying. And again, Pod Colson, you know, he loved it here. He was super, super positive. But like he did talk about some of the challenges. Like he didn't say, yeah, it was super easy. I walked in. Nobody spoke my language. I didn't know what half of them were saying. But it was great. Like he, he had that positive attitude. But think of how much easier it would be for him if there was just one Russian player whose English was yep. better than his. Because that's what Kuzmenko's going to walk into if Pod Colson, obviously Pod Colson's here next year, if Kuzmenko comes in next year. Yeah. That's what he's walking into. And Pod Colson said it. Like, it was really hard for him up until about New Year's. And then things yeah. started to get easier after that when he felt comfortable. I think having that guy who can even make that easier transition for you is going to be huge. So, I, yeah, I feel good about the, uh, you know, this will be out on Saturday. I don't think we'll have a decision by then, but I wouldn't no. be surprised. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I, I don't think it'll be announced on Tuesday when we record our next show or maybe Wednesday, whatever we end up doing here. I don't think we'll have an answer then, but I wouldn't be surprised if the deal's already signed by then. And then, you know, we'll start to hear then, you know, turn your dolly wall notifications on. Yeah. Because we might hear about it, I think, next week. Turn your text notifications for Milton. He'll send you a selfie with him in the contract. Yeah. Okay. We're going to cut to break. On the other side, we will be joined by Satyar Shah. And then on the other side, we have a few more things to get to. Uh, so just keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All right, guys, very excited to be joined by our next guest. It's been a while, but one of our favorites in the past episodes, before you came along, Quads, 
I had this guy on a couple times and really enjoyed it. Uh, he was my co-host, I guess, for a couple of those early Canucks Conversation episodes. Uh, Satyar Shah joining us here from Sportsnet. You can hear him on Canucks Central on Sportsnet 650. Sat, how are you, man? Uh, I'm fantastic, boys. Super excited to get back and chatting with you guys, man. Like, uh, it, it's been what a journey for you guys. I got to say, man, especially favorite what you guys have done. It's, it's been a blast watching you guys grow. And I know we haven't been able to do this for a few months now, but I'm really excited to chat with you guys today. Absolutely. Hear that quads, especially me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, we're, we're jacked up to get you back on here, man. Obviously, it's it's a, it's a weird time of the year, right? Like, there's there's so yeah. much, like, discussion to be had about this Vancouver Canucks team, but it feels like there's, like, the amount of discussion compared to what's actually getting done is kind of like a funny point of the season. But we haven't had you on, so we're excited to have some of these discussions about you here. Let's, let's start with kind of the hot button one that's going on right now because this is actually happening. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko in Vancouver. Uh, he was here on Thursday. On Friday night, yeah. he was able to, to get with the team. Anything that you're hearing from this visit so far? Any uh, tidbits, anything you hear? What do you think it would mean, I guess, kind of to, to get Kuzmenko here with the Vancouver Canucks? What do you think about the whole situation? I think for the organization itself, they put a lot of focus on trying to land Kuzmenko. So if they're able to land him, I think internally they'll view that as a win and something that they've really wanted to get accomplished since coming in. And, you know, it's been pretty quiet, to be honest, about what's come out, because I do believe there there's more happening today with Kuzmenko and the organization in terms of meetings and stuff like that. The only thing I heard last night when asking around was that it was a really good vibe to the meeting, or at least a very good vibe to the initial stuff that they kind of knew. But a big push, I believe, is kind of being made today. But it's interesting that Kuzmenko might stay here beyond just one day. And we'll see if that expedites a decision or not. But I do know the Canucks feel very good about their presentation and how they've approached this whole thing. I've been interested, like the way that Dan Milstein, his agent, likes to do things. I feel like he likes to do the little breadcrumbs. And just seeing like an Instagram yeah. story that said, final stop. I don't know. Send me yeah. a little bit. Am I picking up too much on that set? Uh, you know what? I'd say this time of year, like you were mentioning before, I don't think you can over-speculate on things because, I mean, that's all we have to do is to speculate and talk about stuff. And I know we saw the trade happen or Shea Weber for Dadnov yesterday, but right now things aren't really happening during the cup final. So, it's you know, there's a lot more discussion than not, than, than not. But I do think that lining it up for Vancouver to be the last stop and him maybe being here a bit longer mm. – I don't know if it's going to necessarily take an extra 10 days to make a decision. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying he's going to make a decision tomorrow and he's going to sign with the Vancouver Canucks. But it, it seems to me that it's like, okay, we've had our meetings. Uh, we have a spot. We're sitting down together. Let's hammer this out and really figure out what we want to do and then maybe go and sleep on it and make a decision. But I think for all intents and purposes, I, I, my guess would be that Milstein and, and the Kuzmenko camp really figure out what they want to do within the next couple of days. Sat, what do you make of the organization going out and signing these European free agents that were former draft picks that teams that drafted them didn't want? What do you make of that? Well, it's, it, it, beggars can't be choosers. That's kind of how I view it for the Canucks this offseason. And that's no, you know, a diss at this management team and what they're trying to accomplish. But we look at the prospect system. It's super barren. There isn't a lot there. I mean, we talked about Jack Rathbone, and then it's like, you know, roll the dice with five or six prospects and – it can be anybody's guess who you rank from two to six or five. You know, like it, it's very much unclear who you really like, and it's not a lot of depth there. And you need to have organizational depth. And that's just for guys that are going to be big-time players for you, but guys that can maybe play on the third pair on the D, on the defense, maybe play on your fourth line, or maybe just be organizational depth that come up cheap and can play a few games for you during the year. And if you don't have to go out and assign veterans and guys to, you know, big-time one-way contract in the AHL space, pay them 700 k to be a call-up option instead of have an ELC player who could come up and do the same thing for, you know, 120 grand or whatever. It gives your organization far a far better budget to develop players, to bring other guys in. So as much as you shouldn't view Philip Johansson and Niels Amon as guys who are going to come in and be difference makers, it's more about we need to have more of these guys that are in their early 20s that can play for us cheaply and give us some organizational depth. Of course, the hope is one of those guys hit. But I think what they're doing with, with these undrafted guys specifically, Kuzmenko's a bit different, of course, but especially with Philip Johansson and Niels Amon, is just starting to fill out that organizational depth. I mean, R. Steve Baines, same thing. Who knows if these guys even play in the NHL at any point, but they finally have some guys that are worth developing. And instead of spend, spending a bunch of money on a bunch of veterans playing an AHL team on one-way contracts, this is a far better way to stay within budget and actually develop players into the NHL. 
the AHL is going to be interesting because first year they come in, and you kind of mentioned it, they went the direction of bringing in some big-name players. Like Nick Patan's a high-end AHL mm-hmm. player. Justin Bailey, high-end AHL player. They had a handful of these guys out there in Abbotsford this past year, and I think that was one way of going about things. I'm curious if that changes so much of just the way that you look at the Abbotsford team and how you want to utilize that AHL team being so close. Do you think that mindset changes because of the Jim Rutherford coming uh, and that group coming in with Alvin that did so well in Pittsburgh? Like, is the AHL team, do you think, going to be used a little bit different? Because we've heard also at the end of the year availabilities that, you know, Francesco Aquilini is very proud of bringing the AHL team here to British Columbia, having it out in the Fraser Valley, and he's willing to spend money. That's something Jim Rutherford told Mm -hmm. us. Do you see that AHL team being used a little bit more of development, or do you still think we're going to see those big-name players coming to the AHL to make them just like a competitive team? Well, I I think it's going to be a real interesting tightrope that they're going to walk, because I do believe that the focus is going to shift. I think we're going to see a far greater focus on development as opposed to having veterans and trying to win. But at the same time, when you have a team in Abbotsford, you're trying to sell tickets, you have to have a competitive environment. You want to have a team that can go into the playoffs. You want to make money and, and get the fan base invested. It can't just be, you know, players coming in and coming out and, you know, not having fans in that market attached to anybody with that organization. So there is a fine line you have to walk and there has to be some level of, okay, we're trying to be competitive and give our fans something to watch as far as competitiveness, game in and game out when they come and buy tickets. But let's say, let, let's just make a percentage. Let's say that last year, for argument's sake, and it's just hypothetical, 70% of the focus was winning hockey games. 30% of the focus was development. Mm-hmm. I think that split is going to be a lot closer to 50-50 and maybe even veering more into the developmental side of things. Because I look at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, for instance. You look at their Syracuse team. And yeah, they have some AHL-specific players. But look at a bunch of the guys that play on that team. They're very much guys they signed as undrafted free agents or their own guys they drafted and are slowly developing. And they're the ones coming through the ranks there. And those guys don't get paid a ton. And and a lot of those guys are good players. They develop into being good AHL guys, quad, you know, quad A guys that can play in the AHL but don't ultimately make it to the NHL. But it gives you a far better budget to operate within that. And if I look at the biggest gap this Canucks team has had, it is really throwing a ton of resources at, at younger players that are not yet ready. We saw a bit of it a few years ago in Utica when they had Dajovic, they had um, – Cole Lynn and a few of the other young guys and had a bunch of veteran guys. I mean, what happened? Some games Cole Lynn had to sit out and some games they helped the young guys got scratched and you want to have competitiveness, but you don't want to be in a position where you can't play one of your young guys who deserves to play potentially because you're trying to win hockey games and you have all these AHL, you know, quad A guys that are going to paid four or 500 K to win you hockey games. I think that calculus is going to change. Maybe they have one or two guys that are, you know, AHL guys that they pay, but I don't, the days of signing guys like Justin Dowling, a two year contract, to essentially be call-up options for two years and be the leaders in the AHL team, I think those days may be over. And I think the possibility for that is even more likely because of the players that they're able to sign here, like Arshdeep Baines coming in, Linus Carlson coming yeah. in, you know, potentially some of these Swedish guys. I don't think we'll see them in the AHL this year. Potentially Niels Amon, but we'll see what happens there. But I think it's going to give you the option to kind of develop prospects a little bit at a higher level now. And I think the confidence in Ryan Johnson from that management group is something that they want to lean on that a little bit more. And even, you know, hearing hearing Trent call on the uh, morning show at 650 there talk about development, it was like, listen, I've been out there at Abbotsford a lot this year. I never heard him be like that honest about development. So I'm curious if that's like a mindset that's maybe, I don't want to say change, but maybe like come to fruition a little bit more under Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin now. So it's going to be interesting to watch that development out in Abbotsford. I'm curious, like, just from some of the bigger names like Mike DiPietro, uh, Danila Klimovich, we're obviously going to see Baines and Carlson probably out mm-hmm. there, potentially McDonough at some point later in the year. Give me a name that you're kind of excited to watch develop out your, out this year in Abbotsford, Seth. Well, I mean, it really is Linus Carlson to me. Like, I think that's a really, really intriguing guy that next season, I, I don't see him making the team out of camp. Like, I just don't see him going from the NHL to the AHL. But I think it's a real nice lesson to see if this organization, especially with the new development, with the new staff they have, and all this you know stuff that's that's going on with this team, are they able to turn a player who's pretty close into an NHL player within a few months? Like, can you get him to a point where you're using the first half of the AHL year to get him up to speed, and then not only can he play for you sometime around Christmas or after Christmas, but maybe even contribute to your team in a, in a bottom six role or, or in some capacity? Hmm. And the reason I'm intrigued in that is because. 
it's a, it's a close, it's a shorter timeline, especially when you look at the players you're bringing in. Because I think you're so right about, you know, some some of the other guys are 18, 19 years old. They don't, probably don't end up in the AHL team. And we'll see even with, you know, Philip Johansson and, and Neil Dahlman and those guys. But the guys that you're really trying to expedite and the next level you're trying to take is those guys that are 20, 21, or the college free agents. The teams that are really good at finding those players are the ones that get them into the NHL pretty quickly. Like if you want to look at the Tampa model, look at the Yanni Gords, for instance, that they brought in and, and how they brought those guys along and the opportunities they gave them. And that's why I think with the Sedin specifically, that, that work with more mature players, it's going to be a real nice test to see in a short period of time if they can get a guy who has some tools and make him into an NHL player within the course of a few months. Because you know, Linus Carlson... It may just be a one-year thing for him or a two-year thing. Like, I don't think he's a guy that wants to, you know, spend four or five years toiling in AHL. Like, if he doesn't make it to the NHL pretty quickly, I don't think he's going to spend the next few years in AHL here in Vancouver or in the, in, the North, in North America. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And I think you brought up a good – something that I wanted to ask you about is, like, when the Canucks made the changes to their development team and they put the Sedins in there as, you know, that's going to be their role. They're going to be developing. I think the one thing that stuck out in that kind of press release was – like, they're going to be on the ice now. I, when I saw them out at Abbotsford yeah. practice, they were up in the stands. When I talked to players out in Abbotsford, they loved having conversations with the Sedins. But what, what, like, how different is it with them on the ice, do you think, for development with players now? Well, I think it's big. And I, listen, I can't speak from my own personal experience, but it's interesting you asked me that question because I did ask that of somebody not too long ago when the Sedins were hired. I'm like, so how much, how much more help do you get when they're literally on the ice or in training and, and you're working with them specifically? And what I was told by a former player was that becomes invaluable because it's one thing to sit and talk to somebody, you visualize it. It's a completely different thing. I mean, you're right there on the ice holding your stick and you have the puck and you're literally doing what he's talking about. And he's showing you working off somebody else. And you're putting it into practice. It's the same thing as when we talk about academic versus practical. It's one thing to study something. It's another thing to put it into practice. And that's, I think, the big evolution in player development. Sure, anybody can pick up a phone and give somebody advice. You know, that's not a hard thing to do and talk about things you got to do. But how do you show that person and get that across in a practical sense on the ice? So I think them taking that next step, and I think part of it was them really trying to get a lay of the land. Not that they didn't want to do that real one-to-one, you know, tuition and work with guys and, and really get them up to speed. But it was more about let's just figure out what we want to do and how we approach these sort of things. And it was very much, you know, on, on a bigger – on a – say higher stage as opposed to you know being right there in the middle of working on things so this is kind of the natural progression but it would be invaluable when i asked one player and he said if i was young and i had the cities working with me maybe it would have worked out better for me in the nhl and he kind of (laughs) joked about it but i do think it is that next level and it can be far more valuable sat what's your sense with jt miller like the contract negotiations, <laughs> the potential of a trade. Like, what's your sense on this? Because we're hearing so much, and we're also hearing so little. So what's your sense on this situation? Man, uh, listen, I, I go back and forth on this all the time. Because it's a really fascinating space we're in. Because, and I'm sure you guys know the same thing. There's some stuff you can gather talking to people, like very vague, kind of grand things you can, kind of, you, can, you can gather talking to people. But at the same time, don't you guys get the sense that people are also trying to put you off the scent a little bit with some of the things they tell you, you know, and, and some of the stuff that's going on. So I've had a really hard time really nailing it down. But one thing I would say is that whatever offer they make JT is going to be a competitive offer. Now, I don't know if it's competitive enough, you know, for JT to accept it or him to say it's close. But I think if the numbers become public at any point, if JT says no and the numbers come public of what they offered him, I think people would be surprised by how much they fork over. The number I've heard for a long time to make JT think has to be in the 50 million range. And if the Canucks make that offer, it's a fair offer. That means you're trying to keep the guy and hoping it takes a bit less to come back, right? But if you offer anything less, that means you don't want the guy back. So I think the type of offer you make is really indicative of your level of desire to bring this guy back. And the more I ask around, the more I hear is that don't assume JT's getting traded. Now he might, you know, like I'm not sitting here saying he's not or, or whatever, but the reason I'm kind of 50-50 on JT getting traded, and I thought I'd be like 70-20 or 70-30 with him being traded at this stage, is because I just can't get that real sense that they're really wanting to trade him. Like, there's a real sense of, we want to make it work if we can. We know it's going to be hard. We know we may not be able to, but we have a real desire to keep this guy. I'm curious then, what does draft day mean for the future of JT Miller, or basically the draft weekend? Like, I know that that's obviously a big date. We're going to see trades happen all over the NHL. 
is that still a date that's obviously of significance for JT Miller's future here? I think so. I mean, if JT, my guess would be if JT's still with the Canucks after the draft, is that they feel good that they can sign to an extension once free agency kicks in. Like, that's kind of what I, what, what my guess would be. Because I just can't fathom, guys, that they're going to drag this out through the summer and into training camp next year and not know what they're doing. And they've said they, they can do that. They say they don't have to make decisions. But look at it practically. Let's say that next season, you go into next year with Horvat, um, Kuzmenko, if you sign Kuzmenko, and JT Miller as pending UFA, and you're a good team and you're in a playoff spot. What are you doing? Are you trading guys all yeah. of a sudden, right? And like, what, what's your approach going to be? I mean, I mean, if you, they said they're not going to let guys walk for nothing, but how can you guarantee you're going to sign two or all three of those guys if you're having success? So, to me, what you're doing in that sense is backing yourself into a corner, and that's not something this team will do. They'll use their time. They did done it as we've seen since coming in, and they were very patient through training, through um, the draft. Uh, sorry, through uh, the trade deadline this past year, and they took their time to let let it all play out. But the clock really starts ticking when next season begins. And I just can't envision, guys, that JT Moe is going to be at camp and Bull Horvath is going to be at camp next year, and they don't have contract extension. It just doesn't make sense for where this team is trying to go. And if you want to take what they've said at face value, we want to be better next year, we want to be competitive next year. Well, how do you want to be competitive and sustain competitiveness by having two guys that are pending UFA heading into next season? So I think push come to shove, we're going to know by start a free agency what happens with JT Moe. Because I just, I just can't, I just can't see it going the other way right now. Sat, we know about the trade package that was offered by the New York Rangers at the trade deadline. You reported it, uh, the traditional trade deadline deal. Do you get the sense that the Canucks will be offered more at the draft? And how drastically does that change if they do go into next season and say, mm-hmm. "Well, we can move them at the deadline if we need to"? How much does that trade package change? So at the deadline next year, I mean, I, you're probably. At best, you're probably getting uh, the, the Lundqvist, uh, Hedl, maybe a first or something. That's probably what you're getting when you only have one run with them at the end of a, a season. Like, I just don't see you getting more than that, mm-hmm. say, at the deadline. I do think that at the, at the draft, the Canucks will get better offers. Now, I don't know if they're going to get more volume as in, like, you get more pieces, but I do think that one thing they really want is a premium piece. And as much as Niels Lundqvist is nice, is a nice player, and a first-round pick is decent, there isn't a premium asset coming back. You know, and, and that's what they really want, I think. And I do believe that they will be offered at least one premium asset by a team. My question, though, is, is it going to be a volume trade where you get a premium asset plus a first plus another good player and something else? Or is it going to be like a first round pick and a really good asset? And people might look at it and say, man, like this is underwhelming. But really, you're getting a guy that can be a star down the road for you. That's something I think is going to be available to them. I'm not sure you're going to get that, you know, the packs people talk about a first round pick, a top prospect, a good roster player and a second round pick. If they do, man, let's, you know, applaud these guys and, and it'll be a fantastic deal. But I think they are going to get offered better offers than they got at the deadline, especially because if they're really willing to trade him, they'll really put him on the market. And, you know, like Frank Sarah Valley, like as you know, quads, he really thinks there are teams out there that are really hungry to get JT Miller. And I've heard similar things. I've heard of two teams. Um, that we haven't spoken about, and at least one that is super, super serious about him that's just been very quiet in these things. I'm not quite sure what that one team is. I do think one team is Columbus that quietly is kind of hanging around and, and might be willing to do something. But I do think they're going to get better offers. I'm not sure they're getting like this mega five-piece deal, though. The other guy you brought up, Bo Horvat. I think when people are looking at this situation, they kind of do the math and say, okay, well, if anybody's going to take a hometown discount, it's Captain Bo. Do you get the sense that Mm -hmm. that's even on the table? And I guess my second question, do you get the sense that he'll be the one with a deal going into training camp? I mean, so if we're doing the betting odds for it, it's still, you know, the clubhouse leader to come back is still Bo Horvat. And and it is still an easier deal to... Uh, come to agreement for for the Canucks and the player because it's not going to be the same stratosphere as JT Miller trade. Plus, he's a couple of years younger. So the pathway to a deal is far easier for Bull Horvat. And I do absolutely think, Quads, he will take a discount. But my question is, what what is he taking? A, what's the starting point in which he's taking a discount from? Because we were talking about him signing a contract, you know, before he got hot and had over 30 goals. You know, maybe he signs a contract with a slight raise. Maybe I had a couple extra years. You pay him. Six million or five point seven five or something, something in the same range. But you do maybe the in Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal, and you keep the AAV down or whatever. Well, after scoring thirty goals, and you look at how what centers get paid, and you look at what Kevin Hayes is getting paid, 
Are we talking about Bull Horvat taking a discount from, say, asking six and a half million to six million? Or are we talking about Bull Horvat taking a discount from eight, seven and a half million to seven million? Mm-hmm. That's kind of my question. I, I think it will take a few hundred K less than market value to stay in Vancouver. But what's the starting point we're talking about? And the more I kind of wonder about this and, and look at the market and ask, you know, agents about, you know, what's, what's the act's ask going to be for players like that. I keep kind of wondering if the ask is going to start with at least the seven in front of it. So he'll take less, but it's not going to be the number people thought, say, four months ago. Mm. So I don't want to ask about another position that I think is very important for the Vancouver Canucks' future. We've touched on a few of the centers. I want to ask about the defense a little bit here. It's obviously listeners of this show know I've been on about it for a while that not only yeah. you should be looking for a future partner for Quinn Hughes, I think they should be looking for two options moving down the road this mm-hmm. offseason. Looking at that, like to me, it's not about finding the partner this offseason. You don't need to find because it's going to be so hard to find, you know, a 23 year old who's going to be here for the next seven years as Quinn Hughes's partner. To me, yeah. like, there's certain options you can go with if you want to get a young guy that, you know, projects down the road to be a partner. Maybe you have, you know, Luke Shen or like a 30 year old free agent coming in and playing. Who do you think is going to end up being a partner for Quinn Hughes next year. And it doesn't even have to be a player. I'm just wondering like the type of player, is it going to be Luke Shen next year? Is it going to be someone that they acquire who's 31, 32 years old, more of a veteran? Or do you think they have a young guy that they can pull off? Like what is Quinn Hughes's partner situation going into Mm -hmm. next season right now? How do you see it playing out? I think uh, so for next season, and I know Drans has mentioned this too, that they're going to try Oliver Eckman Larson on the right side as well and see if that works. I think they'll try it and we'll see if, that's something that will work. It's, it's one thing to talk about trying it. It's another to see if it practically is something you can execute or something that does work, but they're going to try. And so I think that's going to be an option. And Luke Shen's still going to be an option. But what I do think is what you mentioned. They are going to try to find a right-hand defenseman, a young player. Maybe it's a prospect, maybe it's a draft pick. But he's going to be a guy that's going to be very clear. We're going to talk about at some point after they acquire him as as the future partner for Quinn Hughes, or maybe the future partner for Oliver Ekman Larson on the right side, depending on you know how things may shake out of OEL here long term and playing at a high level as a top four defenseman. But I do believe, guys, that we are going to see some addition. And I think the big focus in making that big trade, whether it's going to be JT or somebody else, is going to be to get a defenseman back on the right side. And if they can't get a via that trade. That's why I think you've heard so much about them trying to move up in the draft. And I don't think they're trying to move up with Slavkovsky or anything like that. To me, if they're moving up, they're trying to take Yerchek or they're trying to take Nemich because those are right-hand defensemen that are going to be top six, seven picks, maybe even top five picks, but guys that you can project the next two or, you know, after the ETA for those two guys asking around is anywhere from 18 months to 24 months, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe even less than that, but that's kind of what seems to be the ETA for those guys arriving and playing in the NHL. So, one acquisition, I think, this offseason, whether it's if they're able to you know, pull off the long shot to move up in the draft and get one of those guys or be a trade, is going to be acquiring a young right-hand defenseman that we're going to look at and say, okay, this guy is hopefully going to be you know, the partner for Quinn Hughes for the rest of this contract. Absolutely. One, one final one for me here, Sat. Um, just looking at the Canucks in their draft, now that you mentioned that, like sitting at 15, what's a name that would excite you if the Canucks are able to land a player at 15? Is there a name that kind of sticks out in this draft that uh, – you know, gets you excited if the Canucks are able to land at 15. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I got a few guys in this draft that, that I like. I mean, uh, let's start off with uh, a couple of defensemen. And I've been on the Pavel Mintikov and Natechuk train for a long time. I think those two guys, of course, I'd be interested in. Now, both are lefties. I do think Natechuk could play as offside at times, so it may not align perfectly. One guy I really like is, for a trade-down option, is Ryan Chesley. That if you can... If you end up getting a sec- extra second-round pick and get down to the 20s, you get him as a steady, potential, good, solid, defensive, two-way uh, right-hand defenseman that can project really well next to a guy like Quinn Hughes. I'd be super excited about that. I mean, you, you're able to pick him up in the 20s, get a second-round pick, and maybe we'll scoop up one of those Russians that slid um, into the second round. I'd be super, super keen on doing that. A um, couple guys that... I would keep a little bit of an eye on. I think Oslin is a guy, the Swedish centerman, that's kind of been going, moving up the ranks a little bit. I don't know if the Tech's taking him at 15, but I'm really intrigued by him. And the more I talk to people in Sweden, and yeah, listen, I grew up in Sweden, so I got a lot of Swedish contacts, and sometimes <laughs> I can be biased when talking to my Swedish uh, scouting friends when it comes to these Swedes. But he's a guy that has some skill, has a good two-way game to him. There's a lot of interesting things when it comes to his game. I know Ogren's been mentioned as well. He's another guy to keep an eye on. Um, outside of that, I think 
if Danilo Yurov somehow, he's a winger, if he somehow is there at number 15, man, I may be inclined to take him. And I don't organize Top 10 talent for sure. Like he feels like a top 10 talent. He's there at number 15. Yeah, Yeah, and if he's there at number 15, like how how do you bypass that? Because that's going to be one of those things where we look back at it and you're like, how did David Pasternak go where he went? You know, and it's like, yeah, great. We get this really nice third line centerman, but would you rather have a third line centerman or a third pair of D-man or even a number four D-man or an elite level scorer? And that's kind of what you have to weigh as well. And that wouldn't be against taking that winger, even though it's not an area of need for your team right now. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited for that draft. Final thing before we let you go, Sat. We are heading down to, uh, we're going to watch Ricky Tiedemann throw today, the uh, top Blue Jays pitching prospect for the Seas. I think we're going to try the three-foot hot dog. Have you tried this at all? Oh. And do you have any recommendations Ooh. for us? I have not tried the three-foot <laughs> hot dog. Uh, my recommendation would be to uh, actually have a good breakfast. Mm. Like, have, Make sure to have a good breakfast. The worst thing to do if you're trying to eat a big meal is starve yourself because you're going to go, you're going to, be super full after four or five bites. So make sure you have a nice breakfast and give yourself a nice little break and then get after it. You, have, you might have a chance. I, I got to tell quads, but I don't know if you saw this quads. Did you see Richo and Sat when they had the espresso and orange juice? No. As an Italian, well, what together? do you think of this quads? Wait, you, you mix this stuff, Sat? Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. <laughs> Just to clarify what happened, we, we were doing overrated, underrated okay. segment on Canuck Central. Yep. And one of one of our listeners said, overrated, underrated, scroll with orange juice. And I was like, that sounds disgusting. And Reach, I'm shocked because Reach is like, let's try it. I'm like, Reach, that, that's like an abomination. You're Italian. You always talk about scroll and saying all, you know, Italian pronunciation being perfect. What is that? We're actually going to do orange juice and scroll. Like, yeah, that's for the people. So if somebody told us to do it, Reach, despite being Italian, thought it was a good idea. And uh, we tried orange juice and scroll. And it is as disgusting as it sounds. Oh my gosh, I, I gotta have a word with that Dan Riccio, <laughs> my paisan yeah, is should. doing this, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm blaming Reach on this one. Yeah, Unbelievable. I, I came into the studio to, to do like a C's game after that, I could still smell it. Like I, I don't, it, And it's not even like you were cooking it, like you know you cook something in the microwave yeah, and it yeah, smells yeah. up a room? This was oh, just like a drink. Dude, it smells like wet feet, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I, Reach I, had like two or three sips, yeah like two or three sips, <laughs> I won. And I was like, what? And the funny thing was the first sip I had, it was like, it was, it's not so bad because you, I, I, could, I could taste the coffee isolated and I could taste the uh, orange juice isolated. I'm like, that's oh, not so bad. But once you started coalescing my mouth, it was disgusting. Oh. So I was like, nah, nah I'm, not, I'm not doing this. And Reach lets in like sipping it three or four times. I think he closet likes it, to be honest. <laughs> Probably at home sipping it right now. All right, Sam. Yeah. We appreciate you taking the time, man. We'll let you get back to it. It's a beautiful Friday here. You got your show tonight. So thanks for taking the time and joining us here, man. Uh, anytime, boys. A lot of fun. And a massive thank you to Satyar Shah of Sportsnet 650 for joining us on this podcast. Now, we have to get to our poll question here. Our episode 272. 272. Can you believe it? Poll question brought to you by Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 and get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. Folks, you've heard us talk about these before. Locally owned company. Best fresh pork rind straight out of your microwave or air fryer. Great bang for your buck. I have people messaging me all the time saying, this bag is so small. Am I going to finish this in one sitting? Oh, no. Even someone tweeted at us the other day. They said, oh, it says only one-eighth or one-fourth of a cup or whatever. I want a big snack. I'm going to go three-fourths of a cup. And holy smokes, that person had a lot of pork rinds on their hand. So go check out Atlas Goods, atlasgds.com, promo code CC15. Our poll question today. Which prospect are you most excited to see at development camp? Our options are Aiden McDonough, Danila Klimovich, Linus Carlson, and as always, I'm angry. Chris, so far leading the vote is Linus Carlson. I said Linus the first time, but yep. Patrick Alvin corrected you at a press conference. Give me the death stare later. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Alvin was not happy that you tried to say Linus, and he's like, well, I'm Swedish uh, there, Chris. It's like and STFU, I actually... dude. It's like, okay, yeah. whatever. Linus Carlson, 36% of the vote. Behind him, Daniil Klimovich with 23%, and Aiden McDonough with 21%. Chris, I'm with the 20% of voters that say I'm angry. Now, I understand oh, here we go. that a lot of voters are going to say they're angry because there's no real good prospects to get excited about at development camp. But for me, where is the Akukoskenvo love? Oh, my gosh. We can do, you know what? I'm not even joking. In all next seriousness, week, that's why I'm going to development camp is to see Koskenvo live. Next week, let's do which goalie are you excited to see? Because oh, I, think, I think this could be a, a fun one. Because you know the streets, they love sea loves. Yep. 
People love Mikey DiPietro because he's Mikey. That's the thing, man. Like Mikey's had some down seasons. He's awesome to chat with. I can't yeah. wait till we get. He's, uh, a, he's a he's still a good prospect. Mikey back. He's yeah, still he's still prospect. A- and we had a really I had a really good chat with Kevin Woodley on the last episode that people should go listen to if you haven't already, or at least download. You it. guys talk about goalies in that uh, that conversation. What do you think? Okay. Poll question. I'm a little surprised if I'm being honest. Tell me what percentage uh, Linus Carlson's at right now again. Thirty six. Thirty six percent, and he's leading it. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm Are a little surprised, surprised to see it spread out so widely. No, because I'm, I'm the one who made the poll and I am good at making poll questions that are balanced. Unlike you, who's like, who's going to win the Stanley cup? Uh, uh your I, questions, sir. by the way, that poll question that I got absolutely crapped on for mm-hmm. nobody picked the Rangers, which is fine. Like 17% of people picked the lightning. I was in that 17%. I'm standing by it, man. I'm standing by it. Yeah, your next poll question is going to be like, are they going to give out the Stanley Cup this year? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Linus Carlson surprised me a little bit. I, I don't know because like, listen, he's, I guess like the shiny new toy a little bit, but it feels like to me, like I, I'm excited to see what Aiden McDonough looks like compared to prospects. I expect him to be one of, if not the... Got to be the best. The best player. Like he should, should he not be the best player at this prospects camp, uh, development camp? He could be, but he hasn't played pro hockey like Linus Carlson. So I can see the hype there. People want to see what Carlson looks like. These three players, like Klimovich is the one that still has the highest potential, right? Because he's still a teenager. He's still played in the AHL as an 18-year-old. That's all very impressive. He's just not as advanced as these two players at just controlling pucks, taking shots, everything, being consistent is probably the big one. And that's going to be the thing for me is like, is Linus Carlson going to have like a perfect camp? And is he going to look like, remember at last rookie camp, how good Mikey DiPietro looked. Mm-hmm. He was by far the best player. Like he was, he looked better than Vasily Podkolzin at that rookie camp. Like Mikey DiPietro stole the show for us when we were watching him. Is Linus Carlson going to do the same thing? Cause I think that might be an expectation that should be had going into this development camp is like, all right, like this is the 22, 23 year old kid. He's coming over. He's for sure playing on our AHL team. He's going to fight for NHL time next year. Is he like, he needs to be a player who I think is going to be like, that's why like I'm going to be excited to see the battle between him and McDonough of like who looks like the best. Like McDonough's big, six foot four, has the shot. Can he skate well? Does he fit? You know, does he skate better than a lot of these prospects? Like you hope that he can. It's going to be really fun to watch both those two players. I'm just I'm in the camp of like I want to see McDonough. I want to see what McDonough looks like up against Canucks players. He had one development camp when he was just drafted by the Vancouver Canucks, but we haven't seen him in with Canucks players on the ice with Canucks organization in two full years. So. To me, like I, I think McDonough is my pick here because six foot four, he's he's turning pro at the end of the year. He says he's going to sign with the Vancouver Canucks. Told us that at Canucks Army, so he's the guy I want to see because I think there's like if I if I look at all these players going to development camp this year, who's the guy who you think could play an NHL game? To me, it's Aiden McDonough. Maybe Mike, maybe Mikey DiPietro, right? If DiPietro's at that camp, I'm still, I'm waiting. I got to get RJ on the phone and figure out which players are coming here and which players aren't going. I got to get that uh, sorted out here. Um, but I, I think if you look at it, like I think McDonough has a chance to be the guy. If I were to like set the odds, like I don't think it's great that anybody at this development camp plays in the NHL, but it might be McDonough as the favorite. Carlson's probably up there too. But like to me, I think it might be McDonough just because of the long term. No, just one game this year. Well, it won't be McDonough. He's not signed with the team. But he will after his season. Yeah, that's And fair. then there's a chance he could get an NHL shot. Like, is the there thing, injuries to the team? Is the team going for a playoff spot? Well, that's the thing. It's if the different team than past years, right? Sure, but that, that doesn't change the chance of a prospect playing. Like, it, I still it, think it's a goaltender. And I'm not just saying that for the bit. Sure, I'm yeah. saying if one of these guys goes down, like I know they're going to sign a veteran goaltender probably, but... I think Mike is still the guy that gets called up or, you know, maybe even Archers gets a look. But again, that's to get into an NHL game. Yeah, so that's, that's a good an point because that's a guy different. coming up for a backup Like role. if there's enough injuries to the forward group, you're going to bring up Linus Carlson. You kind of yeah. have to, right? Well, it uh, counts. Yeah, sure. Whatever. It's a backdoor way of going at the my question, but whatever, Claude. You just maybe wanted to get a goal. Maybe your question's flawed. It's not flawed. You just, <laughs> you and your damn goalies. Yeah, All destroyed right. you. Facts and logic. I just, Danilo Klimich will be interested. Like, it is another interesting one. That's why I think this poll's good because, like, people want to see what Klimovich looks like after an HL season because he looked really good at training camp, right? Like, he's a camp, he's a camp star. Like, he looks like that type of player that shines in one of these situations. So, 
it'll be interesting to watch all these players uh, at training camp. I'm excited to see all three. Obviously, you know, Aiden McDonough has been on the show 47 times. He's been on here more than you have. <laughs> but it'll be nice to actually finally meet someone like that. Like, personally, the players that I've been able to talk to over the few years, I'm excited for that. Uh, but even just in general, like, watching them play, I really expect to see Linus Carlson and Aiden McDonough be the guys that stand out of this camp. And if they do at, like, a really high level, then that's exciting news because there's there's a good chance you're going to see them at least get a shot in the NHL in the next two years, right? Like, if they're that good and they're sticking out that much, you have to get pretty excited about it. And listen, man, McDonough was the second leading scorer in the NCAA last year, right? Like, this guy, like, these players that come out of the NCAA, they're normally, if they're scoring at that rate, you're going to have a decent amount of success at the NHL level. Like, a lot of players do it every single year where they finish their year, they come out and they have good good little run to end the season in the NHL, normally on pretty bad teams, teams that are out of the playoffs. But like think of Nick Blankenberg as an example, who's a right shot D out of Michigan captain there. He's a four year guy. He ends up signing with Columbus scores in like, I think his first or second game, like a huge game winning goal looks great. Gets an invite to team USA plays at uh, the world championships for team USA with Luke Hughes as his partner. looks great. And then it's like, cool. Now the, the blue jackets are excited to see what he does next year in the NHL. He's probably going to get a good chance and a good run to be an NHL player. You want to kind of just development camp to be that that starting point to see where McDonough's at, to see if like if he sticks out that much, he can probably get signed and jump at least into a high end AHL job, maybe even NHL at some point. A couple things that I wanted to get to: John Garrett, it's his birthday. Happy birthday to Cheech, seventy one years old today. Wow! And I texted Cheech today. I said, "Happy birthday, Cheech. Hope you're well." And he said, thanks, don't feel that bad. And I was like, oh, no, like, am I missing something? Is he sick? So I said, oh, no, is something wrong? He said, no, for a guy my age, huh? And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, Def- now I get it. But All right, let's get Cheech happy back birthday. on here Yeah, soon. exactly, right? We need Cheech on. Happy birthday to Cheech, John Garrett, color voice, uh, alongside John Shorthouse on Sportsnet, on Canucks Broadcasts. Other thing, uh, I want to get this in as well. Red Hamilton, uh, Brian Hamilton, uh, with Nadia Popovici, the medical student that spotted the cancerous mole on Red's neck. Uh, the story went somewhat viral. Somewhat. The story went viral this year. They made appearances on uh, like Good Morning America, all those morning talk shows. It Saw was, it on PTI. It was a great story. If, if hockey makes it to PTI, it's a big deal. What's PTI? Come on. Pardon the interruption? I don't know what that is. Dude. God damn it. What's PTI? You gotta be kidding me. You don't know what PTI is? No. What is it? Will Wilbon Kornhauser? Kornheiser? No. None of the you're like just a talk show on TV. Words. No. Like ESPN, big show Never on a two thirty Pacific five thirty. No, first takes nothing. Dude, PTI is is the is the sports talk show that was on television that I watched all the time. Okay. Thanks like, for sharing. Record it. I'd come home as you know, get off school at three o'clock, it'd be recorded. Come home 3.30 every day. Boom. Did you just say PTI. if hockey's on there, you know it's big? It's a big story if hockey makes think, it there. Do yeah. you think I would watch a program that has nothing to do with hockey? Dude, it's the best sports daily talk show, Monday to Friday. Donnie and Dolly. And soon us. So, soon to be us. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> no. I, oh, t- honestly. Wow, dude, like, I can't believe you don't know what PTI no, is. No, I, I had no clue. You're in sports media and you don't know what PTI I, is. I had no clue. Like, it, it rings a bell. I don't know. What, what am I going to watch it on? What's it on? Like, TSN? Yeah, it's on TSN. Yeah, I don't get, I don't get TSN. I don't get you, man. You come <laughs> into sports media, you don't know what PTI is. Okay, anyways, people are gonna. I hope people dust you for this. Who cares? They don't talk hockey. What interest people do I have in that? Don't dust you enough for this stuff. I always <laughs> say, I hope people on Twitter get quads for Whatever. this, and they never do. Yeah, this yeah. should be the damn one. You Whatever. don't know what PTI is. Hey, I could still fire you. Not from the pod. <laughs> Not from the pod, that's true. Actually, sort of. You might be able to now, actually. <laughs> I actually might be able to. Not, uh, yeah. I would never do that. The new deal does. does go, oh, damn, okay. I didn't even think about that. Whatever, whatever. I was joking. Uh, yeah, so Red and Nadia are going to be presenting an award at the NHL Awards Show on June 21st, Chris. The NHL Awards Show is happening in the middle of the Stanley Cup final. Surprise you at all? No, I don't care. It's the 4 awards. p.m. start. And, and it, done, guess ha- what? It's not on TSN. ESPN in the States and Sportsnet. And what they've done, all, half the awards are more than half the awards already, right? Yeah, but they're going to do the big ones, the ones we voted on um, <sighs> coming up. Not you and me, because I didn't get a vote this year. Oh, yeah, that was my doing. <laughs> didn't see any Pod Coles and Calder votes. <laughs> no, I didn't give Pod Coles and a Calder Yeah, you're vote. too busy voting for 44-year-old bunting for your rookie of the year. Unbelievable. I, okay, anyways, we'll get into that on a later show. Uh, so, yeah, I want to get that in. Red and Nadia are going to be presenting together. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's cool. That's a really... It was one of the... 
I think the stories of the year, like off ice stories, I guess, yep. you know, probably one of the off ice stories of the year in the NHL. Really, really cool for that uh, to be the thing, how the Seattle and Vancouver rivalry builds mm, yeah. <laughs> by helping save someone's life. Yeah, potentially. exactly. Uh, and then the other thing, John Tortorella, four year deal in Philadelphia, rumored to be at 4 million per year that per Kevin Weeks of ESPN. JT Miller would fit under Tortorella pretty well. I tell you, that's a nice uh, little pairing there. I'm sure they got that. They got that. High pick, Philly, wild card. And the other thing, last thing I wanted to get in, Chris Brumwell. Good, good guy. Uh, Let go by the Vancouver Canucks today. We just wanted to wish our best Chris. Super easy to deal with. I I got a really, really quick story because it happened recently uh, with Brumwell. So VP of communications, um, really just a really good guy. And, you know, someone I met on my Botchford project night for the first time. And obviously I know the Botchford project is, you know, it's their job to make you feel comfortable, but he really did go above and beyond. You know, Ben Brown as well was there at the time, uh, no longer with the organization, but uh, Chris Brumwell, super good guy. The, I guess the story I want to share is very recently when Scott Walker was walked away from the organization um, I, I tried to take a day off and you know, I don't do this often, but I tried to take a day off where I didn't do basically anything. So on Sunday, when this happened, I was, you know, I had a day off and our news guy picked it up. One of our news guys picked it up. I didn't really have much to do with it. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't really bother, you know, doing much. And this isn't to slag on the news guy. Cause he's great. Um, Mike Gould, shout out Mike Gould. He's really good. Um, but basically, the gold father, they call him. The gold father. Basically, Brummer reached out and was like, hey, just a small issue with the headline. Um, and, you know, he was super nice about it. And I was just like, you know, that's such a... He, he's just a really good communicator. I know this story is told brutally by me here. But my point is, really good communicator. You know, I explained, I was like, oh, it's my day off. And he was like, how dare you take a day off? You know, cracking jokes. <laughs> he's like, he was just a good guy. Good person in this business and very sad to see him go. I believe 18 or 19 years. 18 years with Vancouver Canucks Sports Canucks? and Entertainment. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and you saw him. You didn't see him every day at the rink, but he was kind of the overseer of the PR yep. department, if I got that correct, right? Yep. Yeah. So kind of just the overseer, making sure everyone else was running the show. And, and yeah, he was like, man, it was, it's crazy. Like you've been there for 18, 19 years, whatever it was. And Good guy. Uh, Good guy. Always, you know. Nice and always had a smile on his face. Talked to everyone in the media. And, and like you said, little little helpful bits like that where yeah. if you, you know, they're, that's part of the PR is they want to make sure that we're, you know, not misreporting anything or if you screw up little bits like yeah. that, like it, it was nice to kind of have. I should that. say the headline basically suggested that Walker was let go by the organization because right. the other two guys were let go, Calgus and Daryl Seward. But our headline basically said, um, you know, departed and it kind of put them all under the same umbrella. So it was a small, small fix and it took like two seconds and there was no problem, but you know, a little surprised by the, by Bremer getting let go. Like he was, yeah, it, it's restructuring on the business level. Like I have done some digging on it and we're not going to talk about it too much on this show right now, but it's just restructuring at the business level. Um, you know, this isn't a hockey opposition. This isn't Jim Rutherford or Patrick Alvin making this call. This is just restructuring from the organization. Uh, you know, the, like, Patrick Johnson of the province pointed out they've been they've hired some heavyweight executives here, um, and, and it's just a it's just a slight restructuring with Canuck Sports Entertainment. So no one's really going to be replacing Chris's position. It's basically going to be a new position, um, you know that that's going to be replaced. And that's not to say that that Brummer wasn't uh, qualified to do the new position. Oh, yeah. It's just that uh, this is just a it's a business decision. It's not a hockey ops thing. Yeah, that, too, uh, I think you're just going to miss the you know seeing that guy. Like I never. Like I never had like, well, I was obviously like told stuff when it, maybe I did wrong from the PR department. Like <laughs> yeah. I've had that have to be a conversation, but you know, when you're at the rank and you're doing media, like, you know, he was one of the guys who's always in a good mood, you know, always yeah. chatting with people, checking in with people. Like you, it's too it, bad. It's someone that you, you see every, you know, you see a guy a couple times a week. It's, you know, you, you build relationship and it's nice to just like, not even like think about the guy in the position of the job, but like just the person, right? Like it's, it's too bad. I think he really liked what he did and he was really good at it. Like yeah. he did it for a long time. Uh, and it's just unfortunate for the person um, losing get, a job like that. You'll you'll never forget the good people in this business. It's right. like anything in life, right? Or so, the bad people. Well, there's some of those too. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start on that right now. Patreon, you want to fire up a Patreon? No, I'm just kidding. maybe one day, maybe one day. Patreon.com/slash/CanucksCombo. Five and ten dollars here gets you all the bonus content. All where, right, where we tell how the people that are bad at their jobs and name them on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, we'll close it out there for my co-host Chris Faber. Our thanks to Satyar Shah. For joining us. And to you, the listener. That was the climax of the episode, I think. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening <laughs> to another episode of... You didn't let me, let me sign my name off. 
For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 